Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast, back in your ears on your favorite listening platform. Here we are. No, we're not baseball experts, even though we like to believe we are. Uh, We just love the game. And we like talking about it. So you're not going to find out the uh, the difference between spin rates between last season and this season and all that technical stuff. It might pop up, but not because of that. It's because we're making fun of it or because we don't get it or because of whatever. But um, all that stuff that you watch like MLB TV for so that they can give you that technical breakdown because you got players who live through all that stuff. I can tell you, I don't remember a single spin rate from when I was in the Little League. I wasn't a pitcher, and we didn't think about spin rates. We thought about seeing the ball, hitting the ball. Doesn't matter what happened with it. We all learned how to hit like Vladdy Guerrero, senior. If the ball's near you, you can hit it. Anyway. So that's, that's what you get when you tune into the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. You just get our opinions and our view of the game. Uh, different than everybody else's. Sometimes the same, but mostly different than everybody else's. This week, we're getting to the end. The season is almost over. What happened when Albert and the Cardinals came to play the Dodgers? Was history made? What happened when the Angels went up to Minnesota after a stop in Texas? Did they put a kibosh, a kibosh, on the Twins' playoff hopes? I don't know. We'll find all that out and more in just seconds here on the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. All right, like we said, it is just... A couple of weeks, not even a couple of weeks, just a little over a week. And uh, in fact, we're going into the last weekend and early week of the season, the last six or seven games. Pretty much everybody is done on the fifth of, I mean, the fifth or the fourth, the fourth or the fifth. You remember? It's a Wednesday. I don't remember what day that is. Oh, it would be helpful if I looked at the right calendar and not September. <laughs> Do you remember looking at the wrong calendar, September? All I know is that, once again, I will be able to see three games, and then I will be blacked out again. You don't get the um, Rocky Mountain Channel, uh, uh, sports channel anymore for the Rockies games? No. No, not anymore. We, um, We used to. And then the satellite provider we had got rid of it. And then we got rid of the satellite. And uh, so. Makes sense. So so you're done. Uh, Essentially, you have already watched. Well, almost. You have one more today. And then you're done for the season. Your season's almost over. It is. Almost Um, over. Unless you want to. um, Unless you want to either listen. You can always listen to the games. Yes, sometimes or, I do. Or you can um, reset your schedule so you can watch them after. The problem is they're all at Dodger Stadium this time. Yeah, that won't be happening. 
I will not be watching 90 minutes after the game. Do they do it with like all the commercials or is it just a. Uh, no, I, I think they just pl- play the straight. I think it's just straight through. I don't remember them putting in the commercials. I was uh, wondering because I, I, you know, I have, I have the MLB TV at least for this season. Um, and I've never, I've never watched a game after the fact through that uh, process. So anyway, I don't know. I'm ready for the regular season to be over. It feels like everyone is just sloshing through except for those, those guys in the East, the national league East. No, they're still playing hard trying to get there. Uh, the, you know, the Yankees haven't officially clinched the AL East, even though they're, what were they? They were like, um, they're like seven and a half games up on the Blue Jays, but they're playing the Blue Jays. That's as of the weekend. So the Blue Jays are probably the wild wild card team. In fact, they are going to be a wild card team. Um, But the magic number for the Yankees, as we went into the beginning of this week, was two. All they got to do is beat the Blue Jays once. We'll know if that happened when we talk next week, since that will have happened, uh, you know, after the recording here. So, well, the surprise team, I mean, we have the Dodgers. They have clinched the NL West. They get a first round bye and they get home field advantage in the National League. The Astros have clinched the AL West. They get a first round bye. The Mets, the Braves, and the Yankees, as you mentioned, they have all clinched a playoff berth, so we'll know that they will be in the playoffs. But the surprise is the Cleveland Gardeners, or Guardians. (laughs) They um, have clinched the AL Central, and that was uh, big news um, because that was kind of a crazy, crazy race. Um, yeah, it it was, but the uh, the Guardians held tight and played consistently, whereas the White Sox and the Twins both kind of fell off towards the end. Right. Yeah. So the so, wild card, as this is the wild card game, has been replaced by the best of three wild card series which is going to be the first round of play. The higher seed in each wild card series will host all, all the games of that series, whether it's two or three. So that's something right. no, different. No travel days. No, they play straight through. And then the top two division winners in each league, um, as determined by the best record during the regular season, they get a first round by, I already mentioned um, that the Dodgers and the Astros get that by. Um, that means that they advance straight to the best of five division series. That is the second round. And then the four wild card round participants in each league compromise the division winner with the worst record among division winners. Does that, did you get that? I'm sorry, I'm still doing the equation, writing down the math. <laughs> All right, so the uh, the with the worst, so the division winner with the worst record among division winners, and the three non-division winners with the best records, 
that compromises the wild card and that division winner is automatically the number three seed, regardless of whether one or all of the other wild card teams has a better record. This really, that part really sounds um, like Manfred was in his laboratory <laughs> and he was making stuff up. He had a big board. So, yeah. Uh, number one seed gets a bye to the division series, best record in the league. Number two seed gets a bye to the division series, second best record among division winners. The number three seed is the third best record among the division winners. And so on. And so on and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, but the league championship, the World Series, that is still best of seven with home field advantage uh, going to the team with the best record in each series. All right, so at this point, uh, depending on how the, the rest of the season plays out and the Dodgers don't have a full collapse, um, that will be between them and the Asterix because the Asterix is the only other team that's over 100 wins on the season uh, as we came out of the weekend. Uh, the Dodgers have tied their, uh, their season, uh, season high again, 106, so it'll probably be beyond that. We'll see as we... We go, and then uh, the asterisks were at 101, I think, when uh, they came out of the weekend. So if we went to the playoff picture right now, say that it ended like you want it to right now. <laughs> right now. It's over. Report to your playoff locations. Everybody else go home. Uh, the American League would set up like this with the wild card series. Uh, Cleveland playing Seattle. In the three versus six game. And then uh, the Blue Jays playing Tampa Bay in the four and five game. Now, I have one issue with the setup. I know that the the division winners get, so Cleveland gets a higher seed. Um, but Toronto has won more games than Cleveland has. So why doesn't Toronto get once you're at that point, unless you're unless you're a top one of the top two uh, records in the league, then it should the the other four spots should go by records. Yeah, Toronto should be the number three seed. Cleveland would be the number four seed by records. And then uh, Tampa Bay and then Seattle which the rest of it kind of falls in place, but. I don't not. know that. Yeah, that's doesn't make sense. Um, that they, well, because they won their division and you got to get oh, the division winner. Right. You know, something's like, well, be a better division winner. Right. <laughs> yeah. Being a better division. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, in college football, um, if you're if you don't like the division you're in, you can always either go independent or seed. Just because, like out here, recently, um, and we've seen it in the past too, that the, the teams are leaving uh, Big Twelve. The USC and UCLA is leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. Yeah, and Oklahoma and Texas, Texas are, are going to the SEC, right? Yeah, they want to be in a better league. Yeah, so they just There's, like we're leaving, and it's gonna be this year. This, you know, it's a 2025 right. for OU. But um, yeah, wouldn't that be crazy 
if you could do that. <laughs> yeah, what what league would everybody be in? They'd all want to be on one or the other. Maybe we could make it go back like when I was a kid. There was the AL West and the AL East. And before that, not long before that, I think when I was born, they were still all just they hadn't split divisions. The American League was the American League. National League was all there. And then whoever won, each one went to the World Series. There were no playoffs, yeah. per se. The National League has the three versus six game is going to be the Cardinals versus the uh, Phillies. Like I said, if it all is over today. And the uh, the Braves will play the Padres. Then of course the Mets and the Dodgers get the uh, get the bye in the uh, in the first round. The Mets would be waiting on the winners of the Cardinals, Phillies. The Dodgers have the Braves or the Dregs. So either a matchup with the team that they had to play last year on the road to the World Series, or team that they have to play a lot during the regular season. I mean the Padres. One of the things, too, it's not as complicated as the uh, NCAA tournament in March, you know, March Madness, but you still can print out brackets and post it on your refrigerator and fill them out uh, just to keep it all straight. All right. So we said that the uh, the season ends on the 5th. Actually, we didn't say because somebody was looking at the wrong calendar. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't pull up a calendar. Yes. It, I think it is the fifth because the postseason gets underway on Friday, October 7th. Yes. Then that makes sense. Uh, okay. So they're going to start up on uh, on the 7th. You're going to see uh, the AL and NL wildcard uh, games. Uh, both of them from both sides are all going to happen. It's not going to be like National League one day, American League the other day. No, it is going to be a full day of, uh, of baseball on uh, on all three days, the 7th, 8th, and the ninth, with all four teams playing. And then the winners will move on to the division series, which will fire up on the 11th. So at that point, they're going to get a travel day to go to wherever. So just the the winners of the uh, the wild card games will move on to uh, to take on whoever ends up. So it'll be Dodger, probably Dodgers, Mets, unless something happens with uh, the Braves moving up in there. Um, and that's really where the flip flop would be: is the Braves and the Mets, and then. The asterisks and the Yankees are pretty much uh, pretty much locked in. It's going to take a big collapse from the Yankees for, for Toronto to uh, to overtake them. Um, and then, uh, and, and right now, as of the weekend, the Mets' magic number was eight, and the Braves are within a game. And as I recall, they still have uh, one head-to-head matchup. So we'll see. That one might come down to the wire. Still don't have, um, you know, not everybody's locked in yet as far as the uh, the spots, uh, except for Atlanta. Um, as far as the wild card goes, Atlanta's the only one who's actually clinched a playoff spot. And see, that's another one where Atlanta's won 96 games this season. 
The Cardinals have won 89. Shouldn't Atlanta have a higher uh, a higher seed? Again, it's that Atlanta Central. I think they should just get rid of the Central division. It's a weaker division. They, I mean, St. Louis is, and Milwaukee have been going back and forth, but by this point, Milwaukee is not going to, I mean, I guess they could, but. Well, what, what, where are they? They're, Milwaukee is right on the edge. Yes. Kind of looking in. Mm-hmm. He's on his, they're on their tippy toes trying to look into a window. They're a game and a half out of the wild card. So at this point, well, as of the weekend, they would have to hope that Philadelphia, that the Cubs beat the Daylights out of Philadelphia while they beat St. Louis. Ew, that's a tough one. Right. So that's going to be, that'll be tough for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's at this point, you what I'll tell you this, it does seem like um, because not everybody's locked in yet, just a couple teams in the past. I think we were already done. We already knew we were just playing out the last week of the season with nothing to be decided. Yeah. I think uh, this year, this year's giants Dodgers is the um, Braves and the Mets. They're, you know, coming down to the wire, just like the Dodgers and the, the giants. They were so close. So, but uh, the wild card series is going to be on ESPN, on ABC, ESPN two, all the ESPN, ESPN app, all the, ESPN, all the Disney owned channels. Yeah, ESPN radio. Is it on Disney Channel? Oh, I don't, I don't know. That'd be really cool. That, hey, that would get the, the audience. Yeah. And you know how I don't know if you've seen this, but I've noticed for the last couple of seasons the NFL, and I don't know if it's on both the channels that do it because normally CBS and Fox have the NFL games like during the day on Sundays, but they have like an illustration of the player. So when they go to show them, you know, the quarterback and he's in some sort of a pose, or or maybe he's just you know, but he's always like like they took like the filter thing or something where it makes it look like he an illustration not yeah not the actual picture maybe they could animate like the video game backyard baseball where it was all the the kid versions of the major leaguers little oh, right yeah put that poppy on disney instead of big poppy yeah uh, so they could do that set it up so that they're animated there's got to be a way for them to do that real quick and yeah. then have the games on disney plus animated like that and uh Maybe that's how you start bringing in some uh, some kids to the. Uh, yeah, another another SRBB marketing, right? Idea and 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 that they could um, you know who I don't know who is big on uh, on the shows there that are you know I, I couldn't tell you I don't watch Disney Channel but whoever the big. Um, the kids are or the the characters on any of the shows you know what was it uh, hannah montana back in the day or lizzie mcguire you know, yeah that's that's way back in the but, day but you know but I, those are the ones that <laughs> pop in my head right the, you yeah. know mickey mouse club or whatever but you know they have different things they had the sweet life guys the twin brothers or whatever that did that and i know that that's old because one of the twin brothers is actually on riverdale as oh. drug um <laughs> 
So, <laughs> you know, it's, but they could take whoever's playing now, I mean, on the shows that are popular on Disney Channel right now, and have them, just like they do on Apple TV, they pull the worst off of MLB TV to, uh, to call the games. And the, uh, Don't get me started. You know, right. But they could do the same thing and have those kids call the games. And then that way, they're like talking to the other kids. The kids are interested because Allie and AJ or whoever, I don't know. Uh, right. The other ones I could think of was like Nickelodeon, but they're even old too. You know? Yeah. Uh, I Carly, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I know, but you think, think of like 40 now? this I don't bubbling know. marketing uh, for MLB to grow the audience. So Wild Cards on, uh, yes, all those Disney-owned stations, and then the division series for the American League and National League will be on Fox. Uh, actually, the National League division series will be on Fox or FS1 and uh, TBS. It's the American League. And then uh, National League Championship Series, which is presented by Lone Depot, uh, is set to begin on Tuesday, October 18th. I'm sorry. That will be televised on Fox. And then uh, American League, again, is going to be on TBS. And then the whole, the big show goes back to Fox. Fox, because uh, Dodger announcer extraordinaire will be calling the World Series this year, regardless of who's in it, with Joe Davis. Uh, yeah. Took over for Joe Buck, because you got to have somebody named Joe. That is the that is the key. You got to be Joe. Got to be Joe. And uh, World Series is, if everything, you know, if seven games are necessary, it'll go through November 5th. So we'll have lots more baseball to talk about but Holy yeah i'm months. i'm ready i am ready for the postseason apparently because you're ready for everything to just end right now <laughs> shut her down <laughs> just done well you know it is kind of you know but at this point it's like it's like the uh the dodgers and the padres are playing the Dregs, i guess are kind of playing for something to hold on to their playoff spot um but the Dodgers aren't playing for anything, getting themselves set for the uh, the off season, and who who are they going to play? And you know, which we'll talk about as we go. If uh, if you follow our Instagram, and what's the address of our Instagram, or what is that's not the right term either, is it? I'm sounding like I'm really ancient today. <laughs> it's at sibling rivalry BB, and that is with the A because we also have a. Twitter account, which is at sibling rivalry BB, but without the A. So on on the IG, put it with the A at sibling rivalry BB. But all the kids are calling it now. I know. I just came up with that. And they they look at uh, they <laughs> the look gram. at those things on the line. Know, on the line. <laughs> I put it on the gram. Put on the line. Oh yeah, exchange a gram. All right, another Instagram moment. Anyway, if you checked it out, I got to go um, out to uh, out to the Dodgers Cardinals game, uh, and while while during the pregame ceremony, 
uh, Justin Turner was announced as a nominee for the Bob Feller Active Valor Award. Now, I don't know how I'd never heard of this, but it's been going on, I think, since like 2013 from their website, I can see, which is activevalorawar.org. And there are military members from the Navy and the Marines that each win uh, something from that. The uh, There's Hall of Famer that win and uh, current players, active players that will win as well. So we're talking about the nominees for these uh, for this award. Now, if we talked about uh, last year, I think it was when we did the Veterans Day special. Uh, we talked about different players who were uh, veterans. Bob Feller was the first professional player to volunteer for World War II. Nobody else had done it. The day after Pearl Harbor, he went down and went in the Navy. Yeah, and he was aboard the USS Alabama he was a gun captain, and he, uh, during his time on board the ship, he fought in both World War II theaters, um, so the European and Pacific, and earning eight battle stars. Um, and he was released from active duty, and he was a chief petty officer when he was um, when he was released, and then and- he went back to pitching. And but before that, he was uh, he he went and he taught. He was like an instructor. Yeah. He didn't go right. Oh, okay, I'm done serving serving doing this here. I'm gonna blow some people away. You know, as a gun captain, I'm gonna go teach people to be gun captains. And then once that was done, once World War II was done, he went back and picked up where he left off. So it's pretty incredible. Uh, you got to check out, you know, uh, his story. You can find it all there on the uh, website for the Bob Feller Active Valor Award. Now, the one thing that um, I'm not sure why, if this is the Active Valor um, organization's thing or if it's MLB, but we can't, it's hard to find where who the nominees are for the active players. The reason that this came up is, like I said, I didn't really know that this existed, but Justin Turner was announced along with four Navy chiefs as um, as nominees. So Justin came out and met them, and then he got a little plaque that said he was a nominee. The only other player we found out was, through looking, is Mike Trout for the Angels. So we at least covered our teams. Oh, we don't know who else. Uh, <laughs> Despite you our, you thought you had found Byron Buxton I from the Twins. I think Byron Buxton, yeah, is also a nominee. And this award is really unique because it recognizes, you know, it's the Bob Feller uh, award or active valor award because it recognizes different parts of his life, his major league uh, career, his service in the Navy as a chief petty officer and his, um, and him being inducted into the hall of fame. 
So the award will be presented to an active MLB player, a chief petty officer, and one member of the Hall of Fame. And it also recognizes the foundation, the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation will also recognize a group of sailors that are 18 to 25 years old who have most effectively worked together as a team to promote peer-to-peer mentorship. Um, and uh, I think that kind of goes along with Bob Feller's mission as, as after he, um, you know, wasn't serving on the USS Alabama, but he was teaching and mentoring other sailors. So there's also that aspect. Um, we do know that the Hall of Fame nominees are Whitey Herzog, Wade Boggs, Robin Yout, Trevor Hoffman, uh, Mariano uh, Rivera, Nolan Ryan, and Carlton Fisk. And something we also know is that it will be presented at the Navy Memorial in Washington, D.C. on November 16th. We don't know who else is going to be uh, is nominated, but we know where. And that's more than we know about the Roberto Clemente Award, which, you know, that brought up. I was thinking about that when I saw that he was uh, JT was nominated for that. We just talked about JT last week uh, with the Roberto Clemente Award being uh, his work with veterans. And a lot of these are all have some work with uh with veterans in fact i think that's one of the things that uh is kind of a a a given um it's part of you know the things that they do uh, yeah is what gets them nominated because of work with uh, veterans groups and and such yeah and we know that um just being more familiar with jt and his work uh we talked about um the veterans resources um through the Dream Center and additional um, uh, organizations that he that his foundation works through, um, but also at every Dodgers game, there's a veterans that, a veteran that's recognized, and he always makes a point to go and uh, meet them, talk to them, and he also um, a lot of times, um, if you're obviously in the LA area. Um, will give out tickets uh, specifically to veterans. So, Right. So whoever wins from uh, this year will join a pretty uh, impressive list of uh, Hall of Famers. Um, Yogi Berra was the first recipient back in 2013. Tommy Lasorda won it. George Brett, Rod Carew, Tom Seaver, Johnny Bench, Randy Johnson, Brooks Robinson and Joe Torrey all got Joe Torrey's was last year's winner from the Hall of Fame group. Uh, now, this is interesting is that typically when you see um, winners of awards, the names of the players, the active players, they're bigger names, you would think, because there's the ones that stand out. But what's interesting is, is that's not the case with the past winners, with the exception of a couple. Justin Verlander, first winner in 2013. Nick Swisher, kind of known between the A's and the Yankees. Jonathan Lucroy, catcher, who was a part, uh, was Angel for a little while, but uh, other teams. Uh, Brad Ziegler. Aaron O'Day. I, I, I've, I've heard of him, but only because I pay attention to baseball, you know. Uh, Sean Doolittle. 
he's a little better known. Ian Kennedy, who played for the Red Sox and the Angels. Uh, Craig Stamen, who uh, I think is this year's, uh, was it this year or last year? He was uh, nominated for the Clemente Award. He's nominated this year for the uh, as the Padres rep. And then I'll have to look this guy up, but the 2021 winner is Griffin Jacks. Who is Griffin Jacks? I don't know. I was... let's, let's go to the tablet. It was a race. And uh, because I made you, I diverted you and made you go do something else while I was uh, finding him. <laughs> James Griffin Jacks, uh, pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. He's just made his debut last season, 2021. Uh, he is also an officer in the United States Air Force Reserve. So maybe that's what stood out for him, that he's both a player and in the reserves. Yeah, he uh, graduated from the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And uh, in order for him to, with his service commitment, um, he remained on active duty in 2019 and uh, he is a captain, as you said, in the Air Force Reserve. So, but his wife is um, active duty, and she is a captain in the Air Force, also. Yeah, I bet you at home, she's the only captain. <laughs> I am the captain now. I was impressed by this, and I, 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 I felt like, how is it that I missed this all this time? Uh, that. Uh, that there was the Bob Valor, and it's been going on long enough that it shouldn't. It's like not. It's not like it's a brand new award. So, and then, uh, and then, even though we're not announcing them, there are Navy Chiefs and um, uh, Marine uh, enlisted as well, gunnery sergeants, first sergeants, stuff like that, that are all uh, winning, uh, have won, each won an award, you know, that season as well. Uh, after each uh, each year, it's easy for me to say. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of nominees and it's a, it looks like it's a pretty big uh, function that they put on uh, to give out these uh, to give out these awards. So pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And the, one of the things I really like, too, is that the enlisted members of the services are being recognized because they are the backbone of the military um, and so forth these guys to be recognized from the Navy and the Navy and the Marine Corps um, is pretty special. It's time for Dodger baseball. Well, I don't know what happened uh, during the Dodger segment, uh, Dodger week. Um, I only got to watch three of the games and um, I know what happened in those three games. And one of the games you were, you were at um, the other games don't matter. They just played the Diamondbacks. Five times. <laughs> Five times they did. They started out with the Diamondbacks. Uh, Kershaw was on the mound. Goes six innings, six hits, one gives up one run, ten strikeouts. Jumbo Jack mentality. That's what we like. But the Dodgers, the top guys, you had Mookie Betts was 0 for 4. Freddie Freeman was 0 for 3. Um, but it was Joey Gallo who had a home run and CT3 who had a home run in this Gavin game. Gavin Lux, three hits uh, in that game. Yeah, Gavin Lux was three for four. Max Muncy had a double. 
uh, Cody Bellinger had a double. So it was the bottom part of the lineup that uh, was shining in this game. The Dodgers win the game five to two. Um, Craig Kimbrell, we got to talk about him. He pitched an inning, um, gives up a hit, gave up a run. It was a single. He hit two batters back to back and he loads the bases and then he gets a break because Sergio Alcantara grounds into a double play. Arizona scores, but the Dodgers are able to hold on and win five to two. But that ultimately, that performance ultimately, um, I think, started to be his demise. Do you think that was the start of it? Well, not really. Like the the middle middle I don't. I don't know. It wasn't definitely wasn't the start of it. I think it was the I think it was putting, you know, they were putting the nail getting ready to push, you know, hammer that nail into the coffin on the closer role for Craig Kimbrell. Um, Dodgers play a double header um, with the uh, Diamondbacks the next day and the first game. Dodgers looked really bad. I mean, they had Will Smith had a home run and that was about it. And it wasn't until the eighth inning where they scored, the Dodgers scored five runs. They come back to beat the Diamondbacks six to five. So it was an exciting game for those in attendance at the afternoon game. Uh, Michael Grove was on the mound. He pitched uh, five innings. He gave up five runs, um, gave up two home runs. And then Ryan uh, Pepio came in. He hit, he pitched three innings. He gave up a hit, but no runs, didn't give up any home runs. And then Chris Martin finished it out for the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, once again in this game, and it was a pinch hit home run that Will Smith um, hit. Uh, Austin Barnes also had a home run in that game. He was three for four, two RBIs. Miguel Vargas was two for five in that game. Uh, Trace Thompson had a um, had two RBIs in that game. He was two for four. So, yeah, this game, though, if you watch the highlights or if you watch the game, but definitely the highlights, it looked like the Dodgers were just kind of going through the motions in this afternoon game. But they win it, so you think, okay, going into the night, you know, the second game, going into the night, you got Tyler Anderson on the mound. This will be a good one. And the Dodgers end up losing 5-2 to two in this game. Uh, like I said, Tyler Anderson was on the mound. He goes six innings, um, gives up three runs, no home runs, had six strikeouts, but it was Phil Bickford – who gave up a run, and then Justin Brule, who also gave up a run. Uh, Phil Bickford gave up a home run. Um, but uh, And it wasn't for lack of hits, but the only real scoring that happened in this game was Max Muncy's two-run homer, and that was it. So in the doubleheader, they uh, split with the Diamondbacks. And then... Uh, the next day, you got Dustin May on the mound, and he has been back and forth because he had that great outing in San Francisco, and then this came around, and 
He did not have such a great outing. Didn't give up any home runs. Only had four strikeouts, but gave up uh, seven hits and five runs. He only pitched four innings. And but it was uh, Madison Bumgarner who shut the Dodgers down. Um, classic Mad Bum, six innings, gave up one hit, only one run, and that run was a home run to Mookie Betts, had five strikeouts. So um, I'm sure that the Diamondbacks were happy to see to see Bumgarner back in uh, in form. And um, is he still going to pitch? He'll probably pitch next year with the Diamondbacks, I'm assuming. I don't know. I always feel like. Didn't he retire? Isn't he going <laughs> to retire? And I, he he's might be younger like than he seems. Right? He seems 30. a lot older not, to me. Yeah, he's just been around for so long. <laughs> but that, yeah, uh, so in this game, it was it was all about, like I said, Mad Bum, and he he shut him down. Muncie wasn't in the lineup, so I don't know um, if that would have made a difference um, with his old pal, uh, Madison. So Dodgers lose that game six to one. And the one thing too, is there was a lot of just in the, in this series with the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers look sloppy. They had, you know, errors. Um, I think in one of the games, um, a throw from the outfield, Trey Turner got hit by that throw. Um, you know, just a lot of just sloppy play. So we go into the last game with Arizona. Julio Urias is on the mound, um, pitches five and a third innings, gives up three hits, only one run, has five strikeouts. Phillips, Vesia, and Gratterall, nice to see Bazooka back, all held because um, it was tied. And it was Craig Kimbrell. And this is really the final decision I think it wasn't the beginning it's not the middle this is it um he pitches one inning gives up one hit one run but gives up the home run and um Arizona goes ahead two to one so he's not doing his job because what are you supposed to do when you're the closer you close the game you (laughs) you don't give up a home run to Christian Walker no you Strike Christian Walker out. You get him to ground out. You get him out. Yes, you get him out. And he did not. And right after this game, or I say maybe the next day, it was announced that Craig Kimbrell is no longer the official closer for the Dodgers. Which probably should have happened before this. But And it did make a lot of, you know, people ask that question. like, why now? Yeah, I mean, he was given multiple, you know, nope, he's our closer. He'll come around. It's going to work. And uh, I think the closer you get to postseason play, really everybody, despite who you are, is kind of on an audition. I mean, obviously, there are guys that are, you know, they're automatically going to be on that roster. But I think for him, he was more of an audition there was more of an audition going on. Maybe he didn't realize um, how serious they were. To compare Kimbrell with uh, the guy he technically replaced, Kenley Jansen, uh, 
Kinley, 5-2 with a 3.51 ERA, over 59 innings pitch, has a 1.085 whip, walk, and hit, walk hits per innings pitched, 77 strikeouts, walk 21. He leads the NL in saves with 37. Is number two in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, only Class A out of uh, Cleveland has two more. He has 39. Uh, Kimbrell, 6-6, six and six, 4.07 ERA, over 55 innings pitched, 1.319 whip. Struck out 65, walked 23, and he has 22 saves. And you can tell by the fact that he has a bigger, he has a 6-6, six and six, which means that he's picking up a lot of losses there. Sometimes he gets some wins, but, you know, it's just he's not been, you know, and he and this time he was at home. He has the song. The Let It Go could have been played. It wasn't like when he was in Arizona. I think it just ran its course. I think it did, and they even had new graphics up on the board on the Jumbotron you know, with the frozen theme when he comes in, but I think he needs to pick a new song. Maybe <laughs> that is what's going to happen because it, uh, yeah, it's gone. It was let go and, uh, he he's no he longer in the closing role. It didn't help either that in that game, they were paced. They were facing uh, Zach Gallon, who's been on fire. Uh, he goes eight innings, only gives up two hits and one run struck out. 13 Dodgers. So that yeah. didn't help either. No, and Mookie Betts was off that night. Um, Trey Turner was 0 for 4. Freddie was 0 for 3. Uh, 0 for 3. Um, but then JT, Joey Gallo, uh, Gavin Lux, Trace Thompson, all 0 for in that game. Um, Max Muncy was 2 for 4 with two RBIs um, and a double. Uh, Will Smith had a triple, Belly had a um, double, but I said Mookie Betts wasn't in the lineup, but he did come up to pinch hit, and he hit a walk-off single, and the Dodgers win that game, 3-2. to two, So Nice. So that's it. They don't play the Diamondbacks again the, uh, the rest of the season, so it's over for them. Diamondbacks go back and do whatever. The Dodgers Swim in the pool. Right? Clean the pool. That's Clean it. That's what they got to do now. When you don't win, you have to clean the pool. You got to clean the pool. Make sure it's chlorinated properly. Exactly. So the, uh, the, the Dodgers uh, welcome in the St. Louis Cardinals and Albert Pujols. And this, this first game was really about ex-Angels. Yeah. We had Andrew Haney on the mound. You had Jose Jose Quintana Quintana on the mound and Albert Pujols at the plate. Exactly. So uh, they uh, honestly, I, I think we only need to talk about one thing in this game because the Dodgers did nothing. Yeah, it was... A shellacking. However, um, Craig Kimbrell did come in in the sixth inning. The damage was done by then. But he did pitch a scoreless inning. 
So, you know, there's that. He well, get him used to where he'll probably be pitching. Right. You know, the rest of the the Maybe rest feel of the way. Maybe more comfortable and yeah, get to yeah, which is Freddie good. Freeman. I mean, you got to look for the the bright side. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Freddie Freeman uh, out, uh, not feeling well, I guess. Uh, and then uh, Trey Turner, uh, Lux. Uh, Trey Turner started, and then uh, and then they pulled him out early. As the game was getting away from him, Lux came in, had two hits in his place. But the night belonged to Tio Alberto, who came in at 698 home runs. Uh, there was uh, a prediction that uh, at the beginning of the season, way back in April, and I feel bad because I don't remember the guy's name. But Greg Am Singer. Right. He said, Albert's going to hit number 700. On a Friday night in Los Angeles. September. A September Friday night in Los Angeles. Yeah, he had that crystal ball going or nah, something. He just read he read ahead in the script. I think so. <laughs> so Albert comes out and not only smokes six ninety nine, I mean he hit a monster shot for six ninety nine. Comes up in his next at bat and settles the whole thing. He hit number seven hundred. One of the coolest moments, and I missed it by a night. I, now, I didn't go specifically to see him hit number 700. That would have been cool. But I had gone on the Saturday night versus trying to get in on the Friday night because it was because bobblehead night. Yeah, and that really is way more important than some guy hitting 700 home runs. Right? I mean, come on. So I was hoping... Albert would hit like 701 or 702 or something while I was there, but that didn't happen. We'll talk about game two in a minute, but we might as well just finish up here. Two for four, five RBIs for uh, future Hall of Famer uh, Albert Pujols. Um, it, it was really his night. It yeah. was the Cardinals' night, 11 to nothing. It was ridiculous. Um Haney, like I said, was on on the mound. He only goes three and two-thirds innings, uh, gives up four hits, four runs, um, had five strikeouts, didn't have that jumbo jack mentality, and gives up will always be in the in the record books as giving up number home run number 699. Um, after the game, they asked him about it and he said, yeah, a few days, you know, after a couple of days, they'll probably be, you know, okay, that's pretty cool right now. It's not that cool. He did not look the whole thing with this game is there was so much attention and rightly so on Albert Pujols and the, you know, making it to 700 and being in that 700 club that. Everything else, of course, was overshadowed. Uh, the Dodger fans, um, you know, we all love Albert, uh, you know, Tio Alberto. Um, he was very much a part of the team, um, played more of like probably a mentor role with the team. But he it was like our pool hall night, uh, pool halls night at Dodger Stadium. And I just. With the score, it was almost like the Dodgers knew, like, all right, we're going to be, you know, it's going to happen here. And 
it was almost as if there was a script. You know, right. if you go into Planet Head conspiracy theories, it would be that this was fully scripted. Um, Bill Bickford was gave up number 700. And um, it's kind of funny because uh, I think the Dodgers obviously were excited for him. Um, and Dave Roberts, it's almost like he forgot that he that he wasn't on the Dodgers anymore, that that Pujols didn't play for the Dodgers because when he hit number 700, he got up up on the top step and then he was like, oh, okay you know all right I'll call you. yeah darn wrong team <laughs> um I had texted you and said uh you know because he was hugging everybody of course on the cardinal side and I said he needs to go run out to the mound and give Bill Bickford a hug <laughs> um because he really just kind of you know I didn't say he lobbed it in there but uh, he had two really good pitches to hit. Phil Bickford did say after the game, you know, okay, at, at the at the time it hurt because I came in and um, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the pitcher that gave up 700. But he is one of the nicest people I have ever met. And so um, to to be part of of this is, you know, is pretty cool. So I thought that was that was nice. He, you know, looked at it beyond the, uh, you know, the shellacking that the Dodgers took from the Cardinals. Well, you know, it's history. What, it is. It's history. You, Albert, Albert is sure he's the um, he's the fourth player in MLB history to hit 700 home runs, but he's only the second player to have seven home runs and 3,000 plus hits. Yeah, him and Hank Aaron in a nice uh, club together. It's very exclusive. It's only two, 700, 3,000. Exactly. So we move on to uh, game two. That was the game I went to. Had a great time. It was a, it was a fun game, especially for Dodger fans, because Will Smith, Trace Thompson, and Miguel Vargas all with home runs. And Miguel Vargas hit his first major league home run yep. did get the ball back but there was some bargaining that happened so the guy that hit the that caught his home run ball hit the first one he did give it back to Miguel Vargas but in exchange he got three signed baseballs signed by Mookie Betts Cody Bellinger and Julio Urias not by Miguel Vargas no I don't care about you when your first home run I care about these other guys. Well, at least it was, those guys were willing to do it. Yes. Uh, apparently, the guy who caught number 700 is not giving it back. No, I mean, would... <laughs> and, no, but I, I don't know. I think that it, it's like, what am I going to do with it? Not to say that's not important, and I've got number 700, but what could I, what could I trade? I could give that back to them, and those guys will give you stuff back for something like that yeah why why not what am i going to do i'm going to have that ball and you know especially for like me people come over i'd rather have an albert pool sign baseball than just have the number 700 baseball because people are going to go yeah whatever 
Well, it it's has not to be authenticated. Uh, right. It had to be authenticated. And if it wasn't, then it could just be any baseball. See, I would be, I'm the same. I would definitely, if it had been me, I definitely would have given it back. Um, I know, like you said, you, you're going to get something back in return. Um, but if I kept it, I'm not going to auction it. I'm going to keep it. Like I'm going right. to, you know, I'm not going to auction it. So why not give it back to him? And then I can have, you know, a bat or something that he signed. And that's cool too. Maybe so, a picture. With right. You know, something. Um, the same thing happened. I mean, look at the contrast between um, this guy, whoever it was, and the kid that um, caught um, Aaron Judge's home run, his uh, 60th home run. He didn't ask for anything in return. It's like, here you go. This is a big deal. Did get a lot in return. Got a photo yeah. with Aaron Judge and other things. But I think that's the kind of mentality that you have to have. If you're a true baseball fan, you're giving that ball back. Right. Anyway, so uh, great night for them. Uh, Kershaw on the mound goes six innings, uh, gives up seven hits, two runs, uh, strikes out seven. And now there wasn't a moment, and I kept thinking, how did I miss this? Because I never left my seat for the whole game. Where Clayton goes to throw to first base and, like, loses the ball behind him. Well, And then I realized what happened. The people in front of me had been up buying their $18 can of beer. And when they came back, everybody stood up because it was a guy further down the row. And that's when it happened. All of a sudden, somebody's at first base. And I'm like, what happened? They had all stood up at the wrong time. And I was like... They don't. The one great thing about going to see hockey games is that when the puck's in play, nobody moves. You don't get up and move. People will beat you up in the stand <laughs> if you do that. So as long as the puck is moving, once there's a dead spot, then you can get up and come in. It's like being to the theater. They keep the, the drapes closed until there's a break or something. Or if you don't get in, you're stuck until intermission or until the first act's over or whatever. They should do that, but they would be holding a lot of people up on the concourse and say, okay, well, between innings, you can come down. No, I'm for that. I um, I don't, very rarely do I ever leave my seat during a game. In fact, never. Um, and uh, we get everything, you know, beforehand, you know, drinks, whatever. And then in the middle of the inning, Go, you know, you kind of, you, you have a, a system, right? right. You, you can do it. Um, it reminds me the little bit different situation of going to um, Arlington to see the Rangers play. I was there with mom and dad. And you know how we had pretty good seats and there was a group of businessmen there. You know, they had their tickets. They were probably taking clients out to the game. They were not watching the game. They were talking. The whole time. And we're trying to watch the game. And it was distracting. So dad says to them, hey, and you could tell other people around them were like, would you guys shut up? We're trying to watch the game. We don't care about your profit margins or whatever you're talking about. Dad says to them, hey, I got a paper. I got a piece of paper and a pencil. Why don't you write a letter and you can pass it down the row? And everybody started laughing and they were quiet the rest of the game. Nice. <laughs> so, 
So but, Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers take that Saturday game, uh, even with uh, his little goop there, uh, six to two. Jordan Montgomery, who the Cardinals picked up from the uh, Yankees uh, in a trade at the trade deadline on the mound, not a great night for him overall. Four innings pitch, gave up seven hits and six runs. Bright spots for the Cardinals were that uh, Albert did play that night. He just only got a single. But uh, you did witness his three thousand. 378th hit. Yes, I did. And then uh, and then while he was out on base, because uh, he they had him moved up to uh, hitting second uh, both nights, uh, he was um, Nolan Arenado. Uh, hits a home run, scores the uh, the two of them, and that would be the two runs that they uh, that they picked up. So we. As I say, uh, Miguel Vargas was playing first base that night because, again, uh, Freddie Freeman was under, you know, not feeling well. And uh, Albert Pujols congratulated him on his uh, first home run. And uh, Miguel Vargas said, you know, they, you could see them talking, but uh, he said, I just like I didn't even know what to say. Like, it's, you know, I just hit my first home run and he's hit 700. <laughs> You know, so uh, I guess kind of cool moment for for Miguel to to be congratulated by a member of the 700 club. Right. Pat Buchanan. Um, so the next day we saw two more of the Cardinals legends. Albert was uh, did come in and pinch hit at one point, but uh, was not uh, in the starting lineup as he has been. But Adam Wainwright and uh, Yadier Molina both in, and Yadi didn't play the other two games. Yeah, but he is the battery mate for for Wainwright. Now we know Albert Pujols is retiring. We know uh, Yadi is retiring. Adam Wainwright has not. He said, "I think I got another season or two left in me so um but i have to tell you when i heard the pitching matchup for this game that it was going to be adam wainwright on the mound i thought nope the dodgers are not gonna pull this one out they're not gonna win this game well you were wrong yep i was wainwright only threw three innings gave up uh, six hits and four runs uh bright spot for them was that uh yachty uh, got the uh, the sole RBI for uh, for the Cardinals in their four to one loss. Uh, Freddie back in the lineup, and uh, he and Trey each had a hit. Will Smith two for four, and uh, really good catch by Joey Gallo. Yes, to end the game, that was excellent, uh, excellent catch, and just. And ended it on a spectacular note with an mm. awesome catch. Nice to see also on the mound, Michael Grove started, uh, went five innings, gave up three hits, one run, um, gave had a walk and three strikeouts. Then uh, Bruce Stargratterall, like I said, and nice to see him back off of the injured list. He uh, pitched an inning, um, gave up no runs, had a strikeout. But then Andre Jackson is back. Um, he was called up. And he goes three innings, um, gives up two hits, but no runs, had three strikeouts, and um, very appreciative of Joey Gallo's um, 
of Joey Gallup's catch because it could have could have started something for the Cardinals. But it was nice to see um, these uh, guys that are just coming up being called up: Michael Grove, Andre Jackson. You know, Ryan Pepio had pitched before. Um, to see the talent that is coming up through the Dodger ranks. The Dodgers uh, head down to San Diego. So just a bus trip uh, down to take on the drags at Petco Park. And then they've got Colorado in for six. And that'll close out the season. So enjoy the games versus San Diego since you don't get to watch the rest of them. The final six games of the season. Uh, Let's take a look at our players of the week. Who you got? I went with Will Smith this week. Uh, he was eight for 20, 400 uh, average, two RBIs, two home runs, two triples. Was really close to maybe getting that cycle, and it didn't happen. I kept Saturday night. He got that. He had hit the home run first off, got the triple, and then I kept thinking, all we need is a double and a lousy single, and he's hit for the cycle. And then I would have seen not only his very first walk-off home run, because I was there when he hit that, and his first home run as a Dodger was a mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would have seen him hit for the uh, for the cycle. That would have been awesome. But it didn't happen. Well, and Oral Hershiser said, oh, the triple, that's the hardest to hit. But I think it's a single. Sometimes, yeah. Especially if you're trying to hit that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's easier to get those. But, yeah, he got that triple, which was cool. Um, all right. So, Will Smith, for you, I went with Michael Grove this week. You know, overall, it wasn't a great week as far as like both of his outings, but he had two outings, solid, more solid in the second one versus the Cardinals than he was in the first one. Uh, but I just, you know, hey, he's he's getting better. He's he's moving up and could be uh, a piece that they want to uh, carry on with. Uh, going into the playoffs with uh, with so many pitchers being down. And now we don't know, you know, what that's going to look like. What's going on with Tony Gonsolin? What's going on, you know, with the overall pitching staff? Where's Craig Krimble now? Where does he play into all this? So he had a pretty good, he pitched 10 innings uh, over the week, a 3.60 ERA, struck out 10, only walked four and gave up six runs and, uh, and grabbed uh, two victories on the uh, on the week time to figure out what uh, the silver linings were for the angels over their uh, their six game week taking on the rangers and the minnesota twins learn something interesting matt duffy is the ranger killer he's uh, hitting like almost 400 in his uh, career versus the Rangers. He was like at 370 something last time I saw. Uh, didn't uh, didn't necessarily have uh, you know silver linings award uh, winning series against him, but he did uh, get some key hits uh, during that. Uh, so we'll start off, uh, kind of run through what uh, what happened in Texas. Uh, two teams that aren't playing for anything, uh, just playing out the string. Game one, Patrick Sandoval on the mound. Five innings pitched, three hits, two runs. Struck out seven. Matt Duffy, three for four in that game. Two RBIs and a home run. Mike Ford, three for four. And Joe Adele, 
who's not getting a lot of playing time, but uh, took advantage of it this time, was two for three as they beat the Rangers five to two. Next game out, they swap places and let uh, the Rangers win one, seven to two. Of course, it was uh, Tucker Davidson on the mound. As uh, you shouldn't be surprised by the fact that they got beat because he's on there. However, the big talk throughout the game was was that they'd worked with him on his uh, his windup and his delivery, which helped give him a little more control. And for the first time, he walked nobody. Zero walks for Tucker Davidson. So that's a that's a big thing. That is a silver lining. It is indeed. Uh, he threw five innings, gave up five hits, and three of the seven runs. It was um, Rob Zap Zaptrinzi. I didn't bother to look at it. I'd never heard of him. Um, anyway, uh, didn't get any outs in his outing. Faced three batters, gave up two hits and three runs. So not a good outing for him. Shohei, two for four. Taylor Ward, uh, two RBIs and a home run. It was uh, Nathaniel Lowe and Corey Seager driving the Rangers uh, offense in that game. And uh, finally, game three, another L for the Angels. So they win one of the three. Michael Lorenzen on the mound. Five innings pitched. Only give up two hits and three runs. Uh, struck out seven. But he can thank his friend Aaron Loop for blowing the save. And uh, and them being, uh, them ending up getting that five to three loss. Martin Perez on the uh, the hill for the Rangers. Six innings pitched, five hits, three runs. Corey Seager with a home run was one for four. And Marcus Simeon, two for three with an RBI. Yeah, nothing exciting at the grill. No. Trout, one for four with two RBIs. Geef, two for five. Um, they just, yeah, they didn't really do anything at all. They uh, they packed up and headed to Minnesota. The Twins, at that point, were kind of still hanging on. Maybe not so much for the, uh, for the AL Central title, but at least for wild card and i think technically they're still in the wild card as of the weekend like but right on that edge they're almost eliminated yeah and uh the uh unlike what the angels did in cleveland to help out the uh the gardeners i'm gardens gardens the gardens <laughs> isn't that like a uh, a veggie meat uh, thing Gardein, I think, is what it's called. You can find it in your freezer section. No, they do not. Uh, they do not sponsor the show. Uh, anyway, so but if they, you'd like to, yeah, if, hey, by all means, uh, Shohei on the mound for the first game in the Twin Cities. Uh, five innings pitched, gave up three hits, two runs, walked six, but struck out seven, and he uh, passed. The 200 strikeout career or strikeout mark for the season. First time he's ever done that. Taylor Ward, two for four, two RBIs with a home run. Matt Duffy, one for four. Levon Soto, two for three. Trout and Shohei both had an RBI apiece. So uh, Shohei uh, contributing to his own cause 
in a 4-2 win over the Twins. Uh, game two uh, kind of fell apart. Uh, Reed Detmers on the mound went four innings, gave up eight hits, five runs, struck out two, and was replaced by Mike Myers, who gave up three runs on three hits over two and a third innings, and they end up losing that one eight to four. So, not a whole lot to talk about on that one. They didn't. No, it was pretty much just all twins, no angels. So. The third game, the wrap-up game, and the rubber game, the rubber match, uh, saw Jose Suarez on the hill going against former teammate Dylan Bundy. Suarez goes five and two-thirds, gave up eight hits, two runs, struck out six. Bundy, three and a third innings pitch, seven hits, five runs, two Ks. Mike Trout, three for four, and uh, had a home run and two doubles, scored three runs, and uh, had an RBI. Shohei, two for five with an RBI. Max Stassi, two RBIs, along with Levon Soto, two RBIs, both two for five. Michael Stefanik and Matt Dice, both with two hits in this. Um, as the Angels collect up 16 hits as a team and thump the Twins 10 to three. Yeah, Mike Trout had three extra base hits in the game for the 11th time in his career and for the second time this season. And that happened since 19... No, I don't know. <laughs> the Angels uh, wrap up there and heading back home to take on Oakland, Texas, and then go to Oakland to finish the season. Play out the string with two other teams that are doing exactly the same thing. The only thing Oakland is playing for is to make sure they don't win too many games and end up moving to fourth place. The Angels in Texas, I guess, can fight out to see who's going to be in third because uh, as of the weekend, Texas had moved back up into third place uh, because the Angels just don't want it, I guess. Silver Linings Award winner. I, I This week I went with Taylor Ward. As did I. All right. Six RBIs, had two home runs, a couple of doubles, I think, sprinkled in there. Scored five um, runs on his own, hit 318, and it was three home runs. Oh, it was three home runs. Okay, I missed one. But he was consistent, and um, I know that he has in the past um, been, you know, in previous seasons, has had that award. Doesn't seem like he's been kind of quiet this season. So it's nice to see a consistency other than Luis Renjifo. Still want him to be consistent. But want others to follow. Right. Let it rub off. Exactly. You want more consistency from more players. Maybe next season. Maybe. Time to hop in the dugout cart and uh, take a ride around baseball. One thing that we have to talk about, because normally we've been starting off with some minor league stuff. Next week... We'll, uh, we'll share with you who uh, who won the different playoff series and who won the championships in their leagues for the different minor league uh, leagues that there are. Some of them are already done. Uh, some of them, like the AAA, we talked about the AAA championship that'll pit the uh, Pacific Coast League winner versus the, in, the International League winner. We'll be uh, in Vegas over the, uh, the weekend, so we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but... 
you sent this to me and then I saw it in two or three other places. Apparently, the hill in, at the Isotope Stadium is going away. It is. Major League Baseball has said for the safety of the players, it's got to go. Um, but that hill has been either spectacular plays are made or you get hit in the head with the ball. I don't know. <laughs> it's either or. The best one I ever saw, he became one with the hill, was Rymel Tapia, um, who was with the Rockies and then was traded to the Blue Jays and now is in Toronto. But he knew that hill. And he made spectacular plays out there all the time. So it's it's sad because it is part of the lab. It's part of the whole, you know, uh, just everything about that stadium. And now it's being manfreded and uh, it will be gone. So. So farewell to the hill. Now, I did hear, and I don't know when this happens, but I think before the last game um, or after the last game, fans are going to be able to go down there and take pictures in front of the hill. Take, yes. Yeah. And my favorite was they have a video um, and uh, they talked to different players. They talked to the general manager, but they talked to the groundskeeper, the head guy, and um, he says, we will miss you. And um, as you are in heel heaven. <laughs> yeah, that was all kind of fun. The fun that, that they did that. You could see, though, some of them were like, oh, this is kind of sad. Even though they were, you know. They, they some of them the were show, like, but... get rid of the hill. I never want to see it again. And that's what it was. It was really you had to know it was there because it was either you made a spectacular catch or you didn't. There was no in between. So we'll take we'll 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 check in next season to see how uh, things are without the hill in Albuquerque. I gotta I gotta bring up something about uh, a crazy game that happened this week after the MLB Players of the Week. Well, there is a trio this week for Players of the Week. Uh, Stephen Kwan represents the American League, and he was given Player of the Week honors. And then Pete Alonzo joins Albert Pujols as the NL Players of the Week. Uh, Stephen Kwan, I mean, we talked about his uh, rookie season. He batted 438, two home runs, 10 RBIs, four stolen bases, um, he, his best performance came in uh, Sunday's game. He had a three-hit day, including a grand slam, two stolen bases. That was the game where the Guardians clinched the AL Central. So nothing better than to have a spectacular game and then have your team clinch the um, division. And then, of course, I mean, Albert Pujols, I mean, what did he do this week? Pfft. You know, hit number 699 and number 700 to join a very elite club. Um, everybody's going crazy uh, for him. But as he had five RBIs in that game. Um, but during the week, 
he still managed. He had 368 batted 368 across uh, six games, scoring and then had uh, scored three runs. This is his 14th time as uh, player of the week and wow. his second time winning the award this year. And then we head to City Field, where we haven't heard much about Pete Alonzo this this season. Um, but this week, he had four home runs of his own. He drove in 13. He has a league-leading 128 RBIs. Um, and he... The Mets clinched a spot in the postseason, and in that game, he hit a three-run home run. So another, you know, good game for him, and then the team wins the division. Um, This is the second time that he has won the Player of the Week award. The first time was in June of 2019, and he's the second Met to win the award this year as he joins his teammate, Francisco Lindor. So a trio of Players of the Week. Sweet. Yeah, Albert always deserves it. I don't care if he did anything or not. Yeah. (laughs) So, crazy game between the Royals and the Mariners. Uh, Mariners are up, and then, like, 10 to nothing or something like that, 10 to 2. And the Royals come back and score 11 runs in one inning to beat... The Mariners thirteen to twelve in this game, it's just crazy. And you wonder, Seattle's a playoff team. You know, when you see them play like that, you're like, how did this happen? It was crazy. No home runs in the game for Seattle. They had an eight-run fifth inning, but it was the eleventh-run sixth inning, and the Royals had one home run, and it just was like. This is this is weird. How uh, how do you let this happen? But uh, they did. That was like one of the craziest, you know, not since like the Rangers scored 30 back in like 2017 or something like that or 2007 or whenever it was. Yeah, yeah. 1956. Oh, <laughs> in 1899, <laughs> the team that would eventually go on to be the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Some 90 years later or whatever. 80 uh. years later. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Crazy, crazy game. I also, thinking about the Royals, I've heard some uh, stories about Zach Grinke, and we all know he's kind of a eccentric guy. But he was sitting on the bench with uh, teammate Nicky Lopez. He says, I was on the bench with him, and we were facing someone who really liked cats. And I was like, you can't trust anyone who likes cats. And Zach Grinke says, yeah, man, you really can't. And the other guy says, well, this uh, Lopez, he says, I like dogs. You got any, Zach? And Zach goes, nah, I would never get dogs. I've got a cat, though. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of encapsulates Zach Grinke and who he is. Right. (laughs) Thinking of the Royals. Throw in a, a Zach Grinky story. Um, I did promise that I would tell you who won the, who qualifies to go on to the World Baseball Classic. And uh, Great Britain and the Czech Republic outlasted the field in Germany to clinch spots in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. 
Uh, Great Britain, first time ever in the World Baseball Classic. Um, So good luck to them and congratulations. And the second round of qualifiers begins uh, tomorrow in Panama City, Panama, with New Zealand taking on Brazil. And Pakistan will be playing Argentina. We'll keep you abreast of those qualifying rounds and who wins. Um, But, yeah, really cool for Great Britain as they are going to their first. Well, we I mentioned last week that David Price is going to retire. And I had said, maybe we need a wheel of retirement. But instead, I think we need a retirement ship, a boat, the Bon Voyage, uh, because David Price will be joined on this boat by... Kurt Suzuki, who is a current angel, angel, he is going to retire once the season is over. Um, it will come the day after his 39th birthday. He told Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register that he just feels like it's time. He's had a great run. He won a World Series, been an all-star game. He played 16 seasons. He says, I've accomplished a lot of things and I never would have dreamed of. I just felt like it's time for the next chapter. Uh, my three kids, all they've known is baseball. Um, so he's going to spend time with his family. Uh, he began his professional career in 2004 as a second-round pick of the A's out of Cal State Fullerton. He made it to Oakland three years later. Um, and then he was the A's primary catcher. And, of course, we know he was with the Nationals when he won the World Series. And then he's been a really good um, asset for the angels especially uh, being a mentor in the clubhouse not to be outdone another catcher who also was an a he is a two-time all-star and i guess a fan favorite stephen voigt He's decided to also retire at the end of the season. And um, he was originally a 12th round pick by the Rays in 2007. He made his major league debut in Tampa in 2012 at the age of 27. He went hitless in all 25 of his at-bats during his first season. And then he was traded to Oakland the following April. And, uh, So he also will be joining, walking up to the boat, to the Bon Voyage. uh, It's docked right now, so if there are any more players, we'll we'll put them on the boat. But so far, we got three. I'm sure three there'll, passengers. Be, there'll be more as we go. Also have uh, big news out of San Francisco. The Giants announced that uh, Buster Posey is an owner. He has purchased an unknown minority share in the Giants ownership group. Um, and he will serve on the Giants board of directors. 
So that's probably a good move for the Giants, especially to have someone with the uh, stature of Buster Posey. Yeah, that's always cool. I, you know, I always wonder about that. How many players are interested in moving on to uh, ownership? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, uh, I think it's probably more. You think, oh yeah, that guy, he'd be a really good manager, you know, or a good, you know, somewhere in the dugout, you know, clubhouse. But you know, owner. So we'll see. But yeah. So big news coming out of uh, San Francisco for that. Also, I don't know if Don Manningly will be joining um, Price and Boat and Suzuki on the Bon Voyage, um, but he, Don Manningly, will not be back as manager of the Marlins next season. Um, doesn't surprise me. Um, I'm surprised that he is still there, to be honest. Um, but his contract expires when the season ends. He went he met with the uh, owners, the general manager, and they all agreed that it is time for a change in Miami. So it'll be interesting because you got uh, you'll have openings in Miami. We don't know what's going to happen in with the Angels because Phil Nevin is still an interim manager. Um, you had the Blue Jays. You know, will he, will they get a new manager? Will they keep their interim manager? Um, yeah, so there'll be some managerial changes for the upcoming, for the 2023 season. We'll have to keep an eye out on that because. I would think the Blue Jays, if they do well in the playoffs, you might see that they'll keep him around if they don't then they'll consider and you know they're going to look and see who else is available out there yeah before bringing all that up reminded me of that you know last week or two weeks ago we were talking about joe madden and when he said about that there's baseball thinking and then there's analytics thinking and that it's getting too heavy on one side and not enough baseball thinking and uh, the other day, watching, uh, what is it, MLB Tonight, Pedro Martinez was kind of saying, and I've heard some other uh, former players and, and baseball people are starting to come out and kind of say these things, is that um, he said something along the lines of there's baseball stuff and then there's analytics stuff. And there's baseball thinking. You have to think in a different way than what all the numbers are. He says, I'm not against the numbers. We need the numbers. But sometimes you you just you can't manage a whole game off of just of those numbers. There's things that happen that are only baseball things that aren't the numbers aren't going to explain. And as long as you're trying to do that, then so I'm wondering if because, you know, Pedro's come out, obviously Joe Madden's come out and said that there's been a couple of other guys who have come out. If we're going to start maybe seeing um, so the balance is too, there's no balance. It's all one side. Everybody's all tilted over towards analytics at whatever cost. Yeah, and I think it's to uh, the detriment of the game. Um where you have when you rely too much on the analytics and you don't have just baseball smarts. Right. If you're out there thinking constantly 
about what the, is happening in the game from an analytics standpoint, then you're missing, you know, the other parts. If you're standing on base thinking, well, what are my percentage chances to go? Then you're not, you're not thinking about the game in the right way. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that's becoming part of the problem. And I think that's part of what's wrong with the game now, why we're not seeing, you know, the things, the stolen bases, the, uh, the base hits, the things that, uh, that they want to, to make happen in the game went away because people take too long to throw the ball or they're, they're waiting for a specific pitch to hit. So they strike out more often than not. You know, then we have the the calls. You know, I was just talking about the other day that um, how many low pitches does Aaron Judge get called for? Um, and if there was the robo ump, he probably wouldn't. He'd have more pitches to hit because they're getting him out on a lot of low strikes that are below his knees. But it fits into the to the view of what the umpire sees. He's like six seven. He's not, uh, you know, it kind of works against him. So little things like that. It's like, do I want to see robo-umps? I didn't. But more and more as I watch some of these umpires, I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe we need to consider doing that. If, if for only to get them motivated to call the game better. Yeah, I, I was just thinking while you were talking about, you know, not only about robo-umps, but we know that we're going to see bigger bases. We're going to see the pitch clock and the end of the shift um, next season. So how will that all play into analytics? And um, will we get back? Maybe we can, maybe it'll be like a pendulum and kind of get back more to a baseball smarts instead of just relying on the computer to tell us where to stand and, what to hit and what to do. The only thing that we can't really do with analytics is figure out when somebody's going to end up on the wheel. Oh, I hit. Oh, Luis Robert was placed on the 10 day. IL with a sprained left wrist, basically ending the season for the uh, center fielder of the White Sox. Uh, Charlie Blackman is listed as day-to-day with a left hamstring injury. Chris Bryant, you know, he, everybody couldn't figure out why would he sign with the Rockies? Uh, What was that about? And then we hardly ever saw Chris Bryant. Um, He spent most of his season spinning on the IL and he is out for the season. Um, Had this last injury was a foot injury. He he just never made it off the IL. And uh, so hopefully for the Rockies, at least, and for their fans, they will see, you know, maybe a resurgence of for Chris Bryant and get to see, the real, you know, it's like, well, the real Chris Bryant, please stand up because <laughs> we don't know where he is. Will the real Chris, Chris Bryant, please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> uh, Luis Perdomo of the Brewers is on the 15-day IL with a right calf strain. 
no timetable for when he will be back. Um, Byron Buxton is out for the season. He will have knee surgery. And uh, so, yeah, the Twins who were, you know, we talked about it when the Angels were in town. They were, they were within, you know, maybe on that edge with the wild card. But, yeah, they are, they're out. DJ LeMayhew is uh, scheduled. They're hoping he'll be back in time for postseason. He's been having toe issues. I'm not sure. <laughs> he has inflammation in his right big toe. And uh, not sure when, if he will be back um, in time. Also, Frankie Montas, I mentioned him. He's still on the IL. He has right shoulder inflammation, and he is not expected to return until the uh, postseason. Ramon Lariano is out for the season with a hamstring injury. Uh, Brad Hand is on the 15-day injured list with left elbow tendonitis, so he is out for the Phillies. This one I'm going to mention early because he's not quite on the IL. And if he jumps on the uh, if he jumps on the wheel, he might just be on the IL. But that is Nick Castellanos. He is sidelined with a right oblique injury. And Ooh, uh, what? <laughs> not sure if he will be playing this week. Oblique, obleka, omasa, oh, 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 sa. Oh, these guys, some of these guys are just like, yeah, they are just been spinning. Julio Rodriguez is on the 10-day injured list. He has tightness in his lower back. Um, He will, because it's the end of the season and they are looking forward to the postseason, he's going to remain idle until the uh, postseason. Jesse Winker has a left wrist contusion, so he's listed as a day-to-day. And then for the Dodgers, Dustin May, another Dodger pitcher is on. I don't know why I chuckle, but another Dodger pitcher on the IL. Uh, He has lower back tightness. He is on the 15-day IL. Of course, we know pitchers have 15-day instead of the 10. Um, doesn't really seem, you know, it's just kind of more. And we maybe probably saw that there was something going on in his last start because it was not a great start. Um, but they're just going to keep him under wraps and, you know, hope that they can, uh, that he will be ready when it is their time to play in the postseason, um, Kevin Pillar, who has been out all season, um, well, I mean, he played for the he did play in Oklahoma City, got called up, and then he broke his shoulder. Um, he was expected to be out for the entire season, and he is back. Um, he is back in Oklahoma City. Um, and uh, playing and feeling good. So, you know, good for him. Uh, Yancy Almonte um, is making a rehab start. 
and hopefully be back early October. Tony Gonsolin also making a rehab start in Oklahoma City. He made that start this week. Things are, I think, looking up. Uh, the only question mark is uh, Blake Trinan. He is, you know, has that tightness in his right shoulder. Uh, he really needed to go ahead and have that surgery because he has a tear. Um, and I think that's the problem. I think he can throw and then he feels good, comes off the IL and then goes right back on because there's more there. Um, and I'd rather see him be really healthy for next season than, you know, totally just maybe do something worse um, with his shoulder. Uh, Daniel Hudson, we know, is out for the season um, he has a torn left ACL, but he has signed an extension with the Dodgers. So he's still spinning, but he's got an extension. And then this one is the one I was going to save for last. He is the man. He is the mustache. And that is Spencer Strider, who is on the 15-day IL with an a left Oblique strain. Oblique, oblique, oh massa. Ah, 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 ow, ow, ah, ow, ow, other side. Ow, my side. Ouch. Uh, and that will do it for the uh, the wheel of IL. Lots of guys still just spinning around and have been off and on for the season. I kind of think it's more like a Ferris wheel. Where, you know, you have the buckets and one guy's just there and another guy, you know, gets off and then another player jumps on. So we have Those added. Those guys have been stuck at the top for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. So we got the will. And then, of course, this week we have the. The boat. The boat. The, the bon boat voyage. Retirement. Yes. <laughs> and. Yeah. We have one more. I've got one more thing that I failed to mention. And uh, he was going to be a free agent, but the Mariners said, well, I don't think so. And that would be Luis Castillo. He has signed a five-year, $108 million extension with the Mariners. Uh, the deal could be worth up to $133 million uh, based on vesting options for the 2028 season. Um, he also has a full no trade clause for the first full season, uh, first three seasons of this extension. Will the Mariners be able to build something strong along with him and Julio Rodriguez and J.P. Crawford and Ty France and that? And I right, time to put the tarp back on the field and uh, get settled in for since your season's essentially over as far as Dodgers go. Uh, we'll get ready for the playoffs next week. I think I'm alone next week. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, I'm so, gonna be in Vegas. So I will be. Uh, I will be. Oh, you're going for the AAA championship, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we are going to a concert that we have been waiting to go to for two years now. 
and we will finally see this concert. We're going to go see Roger Waters in concert. It will be my seventh time seeing him. Planet Head's ninth time. And then uh, my boys, uh, Billy's seen him twice and Baden has, this will be his first. So that'll be exciting for him. Sweet. All big Pink Floyd fans. All right. So you guys go do that. I, on the other hand, will be uh, holding down the fort, as they say. And like I said, we'll talk about uh, who won in the uh, in the playoffs for the uh, for the minor leagues. We'll talk, and we'll we'll finish up uh, the season because next time we do this, the regular season will be over. So we'll talk about what happened in the last games of uh, of the season for both the Dodgers, the Angels, and anything else that might uh, pop up. We'll know all of that. Uh, when we fire the uh, the sibling rivalry baseball podcast machine up next week, so we'll see you then. And don't forget to uh, find us on our social media pages: Twitter, sibling rivalry BB without the A, and on Instagram and Facebook at sibling rivalry BB with the A. And then check out our website, siblingrivalrybb.com where you can click on those Fanatics links and get your postseason gear, get ready to support your team. So have a great week. We'll talk to you next time, or I'll talk to you next time. And don't forget to swing away. <laughs>